0: Today is a fun day because today we're less than a week or just a few days from Rosh Hashanah. And what I thought I would do today for you is I'm going to go through some practical how-tos. And then I want to obviously, because this is a Kabbalah class, go into some of the spiritual stuff and some of the spiritual how-tos. I had a big debate when I was preparing this class whether I would do one big one or give you a bunch of small ones. And I decided for this year, for today, I'm going to give you a bunch of small ones. So that way you have like a nice plethora of things to think about and to experience. So what is Rosh Hashanah? According to the Torah, this starts from the Torah, Rosh Hashanah is the birthday of the universe. It's actually not the birthday of the universe. It's the day that God created Adam and Eve. It's the sixth day of creation. Which is very interesting that we're celebrating the creation, but we're not celebrating the first day of creation. We're celebrating the sixth day of creation. The reason why is according to the Torah, the entire creation of this world, of this world, this lower world of Asiyah, now that we understand these terms when we speak about worlds, this entire term of the world, lower world of Asiyah was created for us to be able to elevate it and make it holy. So therefore, when we talk about creation, we're talking about the purpose of creation and the purpose of creation was for me and you to be able to elevate the physical world and to make it a better place. So therefore, it would only make sense that Rosh Hashanah, when we talk about the birthday of the universe, we're not talking about the birthday of the universe, but rather, we're talking about the birthday of the purpose of the universe, which is you and I. And that is so, according to the Torah, this is the day that Adam and Eve were created. It was a Friday, the first one. And Adam and Eve were created just before Shabbat, about three hours before Shabbat. Just side, sidebar on this one. They ate from the tree. It wasn't an apple. Sorry, Michelangelo. Uh, it was either a fig or a grape or some people say it was a citron, which is like a, a, an etrog, which is a um, like a lemon, a citrus type fruit. So um, they ate from the tree right before Shabbat. God was going to ban them from the The garden of eden but said shabbat is coming i'll spend my first shabbat with you and then i'll ban you right after shabbat there's a beautiful ceremony that we do every week right after shabbat which is called havdalah and it's a ceremony which is over a cup of wine or grape juice spices and a candle The wine or grape juice, we always, whenever we bless, we bless using the best beverage that we have to honor God. So we use wine or grape juice and any kind of blessing. The spices is because on Shabbat and on the holidays as well, we get an extra soul. And when the Shabbat is finished, that soul leaves us. So it's like we fainted and the spices represent the smelling salts. The candle is because Adam and Eve were banned from the Garden of Eden right after Shabbat. And when that was the first time, it was dark. And so that's when Adam took two flint stones, put them together, and made fire. So fire was created on Saturday night. And to commemorate the banning of the Garden of Eden, and to commemorate the fact that fire was made Saturday night, we use fire. And that's why the Havdalah candle is two wicks to, to represent the two flint stones that Adam used to make the first fire. Just a little sidebar there.
1: So another sidebar, if I may, I've been, I've been told once that the reason why most, I mean, many couples uh, have a higher level of stress before Shabbat enters is because that's when uh, Adam and
0: Eve, uh, Eat the fruit of knowledge. That is, that is, according to many opinions, that is true. There's, there's, actually, uh, there's actually some real stuff behind that. Absolutely. Now, let's go into why Rosh Hashanah is so important. And why it's considered one of the holiest days of the year. Rosh Hashanah actually means rush, which means head, Hashanah of the year. That's what it means, head of the year. So just like the head controls the body, our actions on Rosh Hashanah have a tremendous impact on the rest of the year. It's like the seed to the tree. We, that's why we, we are so careful. There are some people who in the 48 hours of Rosh Hashanah will not sleep, so they shouldn't have a sleepy year. There are some people who... We'll spend every moment in prayer or we'll be reciting psalms during this time because we we hold this day to be so important that it's the, the, it impacts the entire year and sets the tone for the entire year. And we read in the Rosh Hashanah prayers that each year on this day, the prayers say, all inhabitants of the world pass before God like a flock of sheep. This is the example that's given. And it's decreed in the heavenly court, who shall live, who shall die, who shall be impoverished, who shall be enriched, who shall fall, who shall rise, etc. And the, the the nature of the Rosh Hashanah prayers is that it's a time to ask God to grant us a year of peace, a year of prosperity, a year of blessing. So it's both ways. We consider it the head of the year, but we also consider it a time, because it's so concentrated, these 48 hours, a time that we can ask, and then those blessings that we ask for, or those requests that we have, can time release over the course of the year, slowly. But there's also a joyous, it seems very solemn, but there's also a very joyous part to it, because what we're doing is we're proclaiming God's kingship. The main focus of the day is creating, is, is proclaiming God's kingship. And the Kabbalists teach that the continued existence of the universe depends on what God's, what's the word?
2: Is it Taiba?
0: thank you taiva god's taiva so god the the god's desire god's taiva for this world and the the, the taiva is renewed when we accept god's kingship because there's no king without subjects so for when it, the great joy kind of like a parent sees their child Acknowledging them and honoring them, the greatest thing we can do in Rosh Hashanah is accept, re-accept God as our King. And as a result of that, God says, "Oh, now I'm a King." I mean, could you imagine a King without a without a without a, a people? What kind of King are you? You're a King of one. <laughs> it's like the guy that walks down the street and says, "I'm the King of the world." Yeah, right. You too. So so, God. God is, is excited because us, his subjects, are renewing our commitment. And then that taiva gets filled for God because the purpose for God creating the world was for the subjects who have free choice to acknowledge him. That was the entire purpose for creation. God had a taiva to have you and I in this world give us free choice that we can say God doesn't even exist. And we making that free choice to acknowledge God's existence was the entire purpose for creating the world. And we can complete that just by accepting God's kingship on Rosh Hashanah. The most common... Yes? Yes? We'll be back after a quick break.
2: Are you tired of swiping right on every dating app out there and still getting nowhere?
0: Are you convinced that you'll forever be alone, surrounded by nothing but uh, cats and empty takeout containers?
2: <laughs> Hi, I'm Elisa Ben Shalom, the host of the new show, Jewish Matchmaking, which you can find on Netflix.
0: And I'm the love rabbi, Rabbi Bernath, and we're inviting you to join us for Matchmaker Matchmaker.
2: Each week, we'll answer one of your pressing relationship questions, from how to get over your ex, to how to deal with your partner's annoying habits.
0: So if you're ready to laugh, uh, cry, or maybe even find love, then tune in to Matchmaker Matchmaker, and it's available now wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: Don't we do it every day?
0: We do it every day. When we say day, the Shema Israel. But similar to Passover, we remember God taking us out of Egypt every day. But on Passover, we make a big deal about it. The one day of the year that you should make a big deal about God's kingship is the day that God created us. The, the, the whole thing started. It's like our birthday. It's our collective birthday. So obviously it has a very special power and a very special um, desire that God has through this quote unquote, birthday of humanity to be able to say, where are you people? Am I still the king? Are we still, do we still have a relationship? What's happening with you? <clears throat> now we have a problem. Here's the problem. I don't know where to start the conversation. How do I accept God as the king? How do I do that? How do, how do I experience that? I don't even know where to start. Okay, I mean, I can open up the, the prayer book, which the Rosh Hashanah prayer book is called the Zor. I can open up the Rosh Hashanah prayer book and I can start praying. I mean, probably these these, these these would be a good way, but is it from me? Is it from my heart? How do I, as a subject, on our collective birthday, experience this accepting God's kingship? So the example that the Baal Shem Tov gave is a story I've shared with you before, one of my favorite stories when it comes to, to Rosh Hashanah, and that is, there was one year that a child who had grown up in the forest ventured his way into the, the, the synagogue of the Baal Shem Tov. And this child grew up amongst the animals and didn't know how to speak only the language of the animals. Walked into the Rosh Hashanah, and obviously in the Baal Shem Tov synagogue, there was a certain feel of fervor and, and experience and excitement and connection that was happening. at. This during this the prayers and the kid felt it. He felt the emotional feeling that people were doing, and so um, he he started saying whatever he knew how to say he didn't know how to say words he only knew how to say the sounds of the animals so with a loud voice in the middle of the congregation in the middle of the prayer starts screaming Cucurico, the sound of the rooster or Moo, the sound of the the, the cow or the sound of the goat and he was screaming it and people are looking at him obviously all of a sudden, they're in their fervor, they're they're saying their prayers, and they're looking at, what's this kid screaming, uh, the, the, you're disturbing our prayers? And people started hushing him to the point where he started screaming more, and he's screaming to the whole community, it's quiet. And he got very nervous, the kid, and ran out of the synagogue. And while the community was quiet, the Baal Shem Tov looked at them and said, I want to tell you, this year our community, with all the fervor we had, with all the prayers that we know, with everything that we've done, we could not break through the gates of heaven, all of us. This child coming in and the innocence of this child and the sounds this child knew how to make broke through the gates of heaven for all of us this year. And so that's where I love this story because that's how we explain the shofar. There is one biblical commandment of Rosh Hashanah, and that is hearing the sounding of the shofar. The prayers are all beautiful. Accepting God as a king, it's all beautiful. But there's a biblical commandment of actually hearing 30 blasts of tekiah, shavarim, truah, display, Number one, Alessandra. Exhibit A, shofar. And that hearing the sounding of the shofar in a particular order of tekiah, shavarim, and Trua, in 30 different blasts, making a blessing on it, this is the one biblical commandment. It says in the Torah that we should hear the Trua. It's called Yom Trua, the day of the blowing of the shofar. And so if there's nothing else you do in Rosh Hashanah, Briskets are all wonderful. We love briskets. Tradition is tradition. But the one thing that is so important that is crucial on the day of Rosh Hashanah is hearing the the blowing of the shofar. Why? Because like this child, we don't have the ability to truly have that. I mean, some of us do, but most of us, even if we think we do, does God listen? Does God hear us? Do we know the sounds? Do we know what's to say? But everyone knows the sound of the shofar is the representation of our cry. There's three different cries. There's the long the tzikia cry, the shavarim. Doo-doo, doo-doo, and the trua. There are three different cries, and that is representation. When we hear it, I mean, if you, I'm sure you've heard it in your life. If you have. You know the, the emotional feeling of this cry, of the shofar. When we when we hear the shofar, there's an emotional feeling. This is our child. Make, it's like the child making the, the animal sounds. We say, God, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know the words. I can try. I can open the machzor. I know that it's here There's a book. I don't know if this is going to be my heart connecting to you, but I can tell you one thing. This is what I know how to do. And when I hear the shofar, it's this is our ability. It's truly ours. Us saying we have a relationship with you, God, we connect with you in the most truest, simplest, purest sense of the word connection. In the synagogue, on Rosh Hashanah, we have a tradition of blowing 100 blasts over the course of the whole prayer. Obviously, there are a couple other very interesting traditions. We um, have a tradition of wishing each other to be inscribed and sealed for a good year. That's how we say it. or which means may you be inscribed and sealed for a good year. That is the traditional wish that we wish each other on Rosh Hashanah. We also uh, have a tradition to wish each other even between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and before Yom Kippur, Gemar Chatim Tova, which means a good inscription and sealing in the Book of Life. And of course, there's a tradition of lighting as we light Shabbat candles before Shabbat. We light the Rosh Hashanah candles before Rosh Hashanah, and we say a special blessing on the candles that has to do with Rosh Hashanah. There's also the Tashlich prayer, which I won't get into right now, a very special prayer. You can look it up, Tashlich, T-A-S-H-L-I-C-H. It's where we go to a natural body of water and we cast away our sins. It's a beautiful prayer um, that I encourage you, that I encourage you to, um, to, um, to look into. Now, on the Rosh Hashanah day, most of our day we spend in the synagogue. We pray that God grant us and God grants all of his creations a sweet new year. There's an evening prayer, and there's a morning prayer. They're a little bit longer than the regular prayers, and a little bit longer than even the Shabbat prayers, because we add different things that have specifically to do. I'm not going to go into all the different prayers. There's three, um, just just to give you a basic outline, there's three basic elements of the Rosh Hashanah prayer. It's Malchiot. It is coronating God as the king, shofrot, that simple, pure sound of the shofar, and then zichronot, the remembrance of this day and the special connection that we have. And obviously, as per every good Jewish holiday, we have a tradition to eat particular uh, foods, for example, a round challah. Why? Because um, the round represents a circle of life. And we dip it in honey, Specifically, honey, because we want to represent the challah dipped in honey represents us wanting to have a sweet new year like the sweet honey. We also dip um, an apple in honey. Take apple, we dip it in honey, and we say, "May it be your will to renew us for a good and sweet year." Some people have a tradition of eating a head of a fish or a head of a ram, and the idea behind that is. We want to express that we should be a head and not a tail. Other people have a tradition of eating a pomegranate because we say with the pomegranate that our merits should be many, like the seeds of the pomegranate. There's also, uh, The
1: mitzvot, the, the, they have the same number of seeds as the mitzvot.
0: Yeah, I, I love to say that, but of course... My children are, are are literalists, and my children have spent the time counting the seeds of their pomegranates. And, it has and not, so, it's actually, not true. It's not true. And yeah. So, but I like that. But it is a tradition that our merits be like the seeds of the pomegranates. There are still many hundreds of seeds in each pomegranate, and I think that's a very beautiful tradition. Even though it doesn't count up to six hundred and thirteen, I'm sorry. Also, there's different traditions depending on where you come from of having sweet dishes. Um, to specifically have sweet dishes and not salty or savory dishes, but to have sweet dishes. Again, all of these things, some people have a tradition of not having any vinegar or any sharp foods, no horseradish, nothing um, sharp because they don't want a bitter year, but rather they want a sweet year. We also have a tradition, as far as new, is that we, we we try to find a fruit that we haven't had this year, a new fruit. A fruit that we have not consumed this year, and the idea is that we want to say, you know, this is new. Like, dear God, this is this is something new, and we make a special blessing on it, thanking God for giving us new, a new fruit. Now, I want to go into, um, yeah, my son wanted to. This is our new fruit that they found. It's called a super fruit. I don't know what it is, but my kids love fruit, And they, it's a big challenge every year to go and find a fruit that is something they haven't had all year. Because like foods that a lot of fruits that people usually don't have are common things in our house. So this is the one they found this year. So they're all ready. It's part of the big uh, challenge. They have to go find their new fruit okay now um, questions that's the this is this is the first half of my class today which is the practical and how to's just giving you again I'm giving you a bit of an overview I'm sure there's a lot more we can do but uh, questions yes Kelsey
3: I just want to clarify that these are traditions mostly that we've gone over and then that the hearing the
0: Shofar is biblical. So the only biblical commandment on Rosh Hashanah is the hearing of the shofar. Everything else is tradition.
3: Okay. Um, As far as that goes, do you have to find a synagogue to do that, or do you? Is there like a resource to hear that
0: on your own? I guess. Um, you don't have to hear it in a synagogue. Like even here in our community. Um, we have set up that every park in the area at one point throughout the day is gonna have a shofar blowing in, in the park. And many communities have that now. They call you should look and see if there's a shofar in a park near you. Um if you need help. Okay. If you need help, I can try to see if I can I can find out if there's one near you.
3: Okay. And then we're actually probably gonna go to the lake that weekend. And so as far as like saying a prayer over a body of natural water, does it have to be on Monday or can it be like on Sunday? Or? Um,
0: Or It would be ideally if you can't do it on mon. if you can't do it on Tuesday or Wednesday to do it the follow, are you going to be at the lake the following weekend? No. Okay. So then do it, you know, as close as you can to it and you can just download Here, I'll give you this link again, but I believe I have a, do I have a Tashlech booklet here? Of course that would
3: be- It might be there Monday, but I don't know for sure. So I was kind of curious about
0: that. Let me send you guys a Tashlich booklet here. Uh, Here we go, my Tashlich booklet. There we go. Let me see if I can upload this. Uh, where's the chat chat let's see if this works it's a small prayer it's not very long and this is in hebrew and in english there's your tashla booklet you can download that
3: and then monday i missed the conversation but i think you were talking to someone that really you shouldn't feel guilt about any of this um just kind of do your best
0: it's about what it's about doing a little a little better every day. Never feel bad about what you don't do. Always feel good about what you actually do.
3: Okay,
2: thank you. On that note, I had a <clears throat> I have a question. Um, first, thank you for those resources. I've been looking through all the resources you offered for doing uh, the s- ceremonies and such on on the, the high holidays it's really helpful and
0: this is to what, to, this to what is kelsey celeste, this is what celeste is talking about if, any, if anyone didn't didn't see this i literally put together all the resources you have a mahzor there's an actual prayer book that i made that gives you um i just to, sorry celeste to interrupt you i just want to oh, give you, okay. you click on that link the mahzor is the actual prayer book i also put together um a follow-along guide which is my I, um, my, if you actually can use it, it's like um, uh, 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 a prayer book itself that you can use that has transliterated prayers in Hebrew and in English. There's a dinner, there's a dinner companion that can help you like do a traditional Rosh Hashanah dinner. Um, There's also um, the um, Kavana cards, which is really cool. It's like some cards that I had made that kind of give you like a little bit of like some spiritual introspection. And then there's a bunch of Yom Kippur stuff there, also. So um, you're welcome to take advantage of all those fun resources.
2: Thank you. There, it's it, it's so helpful, so very helpful. Uh, and I, my question would be, to Kelsey's point, <clears throat> I believe that we as a people are resourceful, and sometimes. For instance, I'm going to be in the mountains and we don't, A, I can't really have an open flame burning. So I'm going to, I'm going to make do with those battery candles just because we're under fire advisories and all kinds of stuff like that. And then I don't have a body of water up there, but I know where our ground, where our groundwater is, where our well is. So with the intention in our hearts, if we, be resourceful and do the best we can is that better than than not doing those ceremonies
0: um i think just do the best you can i think there's no such thing as better or worse or you know just just be okay you know, we're so, so we somehow we get so caught up in everything we're not doing and everything we should be doing, and everything we should be doing right, that we just get scared to even do anything. So whatever you do and however you celebrate is better than what you did last year. And that is. Great. OK, you're, you're, you're so, so I don't
2: overthink people, it.
0: And God be willing, you have many more Rosh Hashanahs to live. So you can do a little better every year. Something else that you can add to it and. Maybe in a future, Rosh Hashanah, you'll have another opportunity. So, just the idea is at least acknowledging that this is a special day and doing something to acknowledge that, even if it just means smoking your brisket and saying, "God, thank you for this wonderful brisket." Happy Rosh Hashanah, everybody. L'chaim. That means that it was more. It was a more of a of a of a mindful day than. You did last year. Noted. Thank you. What else?
4: I have a question. It's kind of along the lines of what we were talking about before, but if the idea is that this is the seed for the rest of the year, on a certain level, that kind of stresses me out because you never know what's going to happen on any particular day, but I feel like I've learned at some point that there are other opportunities throughout the year to kind of tap into the energy or kind of not a redo, but just have another opportunity to get those blessings um, that you might have missed during the high holidays. Is that right?
0: What I would say is that it definitely is an opportune time. I generally don't like focusing on that element of it. It's not something that really resonates with me uh, personally. But it is an opportune time. How about instead of using the, the negativity of oh, you know how it's that's a tone, but saying that it's an opportune time, it's a special time for us to be able to 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 get blessing and to ask and to to be there. Certain times of the year, not I mean every day is a wonderful day to pray, but there are certain days that are more special than others, and this is one of those days, and there's other days throughout the year that are special, but this one has a unique feel to it. Thank you. I, I, I'd rather focus on the, on the positive and the negative because I think that we get so anxious. Oh, my gosh. You know, there are some people who really take it to such a level that like, you can't talk to them on, these, on this day because uh, I mean, that, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's not, you know, the, anything can be taken to the extreme. And I don't know if that's going to help anybody taking, taking things to the extreme like that, my humble opinion. Any other questions before we uh, move on? Okay. So that was, again, the practical how-tos. Pick one of them. Pick two of them. Pick none of them. Whatever you do is fantastic. Now I want to go to some more spiritual things, things to think about things to contemplate. Um, So what I said before is that Rosh Hashanah is the day that God realized the purpose of creation by creating Adam and Eve, human beings by creating you and me with free choice to be able to choose God. So my first spiritual kind of contemplation or meditation for you is to seek purpose in our world, because that's the day in which God fulfilled the purpose in this world. So Adam is the first human being, and when Adam opened his eyes, he wasn't a baby. The Midrash says it was like he was 20 years old, even though he was just just created, but he looked like he was 20 years old. And so when he opened his eyes, he opened his eyes to a world that appeared to have always been. He lifted his eyes and he saw a sky, possibly the same sky that you and I see. And he he gazed on nature, trees were formed, and, and water was flowing, and there were mighty mountains, and there were majestic waterfalls, flowing rivers, there were forests. And the Talmud says that Adam cries out and he says, this is not a sky. This is the vast glory of God, of my maker. This is not a mountain. This is not a waterfall. This is not a tiger. This is not an ant. This is God. This is the majesty of an infinite being who created the world out of kindness, out of might, out of beauty, out of wonder, out of glory, majesty, created a world so that we could know him. I know what this is, says Adam. This is not a jungle, but rather it's a garden. It's a great garden. It's the garden of the king. And Adam saw our world not as a jungle and not as a difficult place, not as a scary place, but he saw our world as the king's garden. And Adam implored us to look around and whenever things are rough, and things are tough, whenever we're having a hard time, to think this is God's garden. How beautiful, how majestic, how wonderful. And so on Rosh Hashanah, it's a great opportunity to connect with nature for those of you who are going to be in nature and rediscover God's garden, rediscover meaning, rediscover why the world is is reborn again, is new again. That's my first thought for you. God's garden. My second thought for you again, I told you I decided today instead of giving you one big thought, I was going to give you a lot of little thoughts. So, my second thought for you is that for the soul, this is the day of the year. There's a book called Sefer Yitsira." According to most opinions, Adam wrote this book. We have it. It's a book of Kabbalah that was written by Adam. Um, And in this book, Adam teaches that there is more to the universe than time and space. Adam says there is a soul. And he continues to say whatever is found in the universe's soul is found in its space. And whatever is found in space is found in time. And in the soul of the universe, there is a consciousness from which all consciousness extends. In space, there's land. But then there's the land of Israel, he says, which is a space from where all space is nurtured. And in time, there's all days, but then there's Rosh Hashanah, a time from which all time is renewed. So my gift to you in the second thought is that Rosh Hashanah is a time from which all time is renewed. If you haven't been satisfied or happy or okay with your time, now this is your opportunity to connect to time, the time where all time is renewed, and that's gonna be Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, it's not just a starting point, but it's a head. It's a new beginning of time on which a new consciousness enters our universe. And whatever will happen in the coming year, we have the ability to use the time of Rosh Hashanah like conception. We can conceive a new year during this time. So Rosh Hashanah, my second inspiration I give you is Rosh Hashanah, being the time from which all time is renewed, the gift of time. Next. Ready for number three? We're good so far? Okay. The next one is the world, beyond the world, the universe, the cosmos, came to be, according to Kabbalah, because God chose to invest his very essence into a great world. What I'm going to, in this thought, I'm going to call the world a great drama. Why a great drama? Because it's a drama of a lowly world becoming home for an infinite God. It's the marriage of two opposites. It's a fusion of finite and infinite. It's a fusion of light and dark. It's a fusion of heaven and earth. And we have the opportunity to be the players in that drama. I'll call us the cosmic matchmakers. With every action, we have the power to unite, to marry our physical world with an infinite God. We have, it's only us, you and I, human beings, that confuse the finite and the infinite. It's only us that can differentiate light and dark. That can bring heaven down to earth. And earth becoming elevated. We have the ability to elevate physical things. Long ago, this was just a tree. Now it's turned into a prayer book. When I use it, or when someone uses it, this particular book becomes elevated. The tree now becomes elevated. We, only us, we have the ability to elevate the finite world and make it infinite. That's what God wants us to do. And so, therefore, that's the drama, the fusion of two opposites. And that's our purpose. And that's why. Sometimes we look at it as a dichotomy. I like to choose to look at it as the fusion of two opposites. And so when I am faced with something that's dichotomous, I say, this is not going to unbalance me. This is giving me the opportunity to fuse two opposites. And that's why God made me. Only I can do that. No other species can do that. Only I can do that, and that's my number three for you. Is this too much? Is this too much already? It's like your three-minute inspiration. Like uh, it's like a, a concentrated version of all these three-minute inspirations. Keep going. Okay. I'll do another one. My next one, my number four is I'll I'll tell you how I've thought about it. This is how I've meditated it. And I'll explain it once I once I I I say the, the statement. The, the, the meditation is the past is defined by the arrow of its future. I'll explain it in a second. I'll say it again. The past is defined by the arrow of its future. So what I mean is more than Rosh Hashanah is about God. It's about us. God created the world. And it's true that that creation started six days before Rosh Hashanah and then Adam and Eve were created on Rosh Hashanah. But it's us, it's you and me, we drive it to its destiny. Another way that we call Rosh Hashanah is we call it the beginning of your works. So even though Rosh Hashanah is not actually the anniversary of the creation of the universe, and it's really just the anniversary of creating Adam and Eve, It's the true beginning because all time begins on Rosh Hashanah. Because on Rosh Hashanah, more than any other day, we are empowered to switch tracks, to to transform our destiny and possibly the destiny of all creation. Through us, the bitter darkness That shrouded truth, the bitter darkness that shrouded goodness has the ability to become a flaming torch of light. Everything in life can be defined by its destiny. So even the past is redefined by the arrow of its future. The very existence of that time that held that past has the ability to be recreated once it achieves its hidden destiny. And that's a destiny that only you and I can reveal. And really, in my humble opinion, that's all that matters. So when I said before, this is the first day of all time, that must mean there's the first day of all time, which means all time present, all time future, and all time past. And so I'll restate my, my little meditation. Again, the past is defined by the arrow of its future. Which is created today. So we say Hayom, Rosh Hashanah, meaning today, that we have the ability to define our past and change our past by pointing the arrow in the right direction. So I'm sorry, Freud, I love my inner child, but I love my future more.
1: Are we not supposed to love our present more?
0: Well, the present, the present is what is going to set the tone for the destiny, for the future. So present is important, but only if your arrow is pointed in the right direction. The present is only good as the direction of the arrow. How's that for a number four? Another one,
1: Kelsey has a question.
3: Oh, Kelsey, comment. (laughs) Sorry, I was just saying that consciousness and action are like so important because of this.
0: Sorry, can you say that again? I, I missed that.
3: I was just commenting that this is why consciousness and action is so important so that we set the trajectory for the future in the way that it needs to go.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. So this next one, I had a really hard time trying to define it in, in, in my meditation but I'll try It's about the shofar. I I like to refer to the shofar as the shofar's cry, because I believe it's the cry, that inner cry of our soul. And we know Rosh Hashanah, the entire universe is reborn. So each year as the shofar cries, The entire universe is reborn through our innocence, through our purity. If it's reborn, then we must be the midwives. I'll explain that. Every year, the Talmud says, with the cry of the shofar, the entire universe is reborn. And so... At that time, with our resolutions, with our prayers, we hold an an awesome, in the literal sense, an awesome power. So to to, to determine what sort of child, in the metaphor, this newborn year should be, how this child, this new year will take its first breaths, how it's going to struggle to its feet, uh, how it's going to carry us through life for the next 12 months. It's only once a year. Also, by the way, just so you know, at every new moon, in a smaller way, the month is renewed. But this is like the height. By the way, there's always a full moon on Rosh Hashanah, right? Not a full moon, sorry, it's a half moon, because the full moon is the 15th, is the night of Sukkot. And so every morning, we are reborn from what the Talmud calls a 60th of death, a nighttime taste of death. Every morning, we're reborn. And at every moment, in the the smallest increment of time, And every moment, every particle of the universe is given birth to from absolute nothingness, the same way it was when God created the world. If God wanted to destroy the world, God would just stop creating. One of my favorite pieces of Kabbalah. And that's why there's always hope. Because in every moment, we are born anew. And we are the masters of how this moment will be born. So my number five is we are the midwives of our lives. Okay, I'll do one more for you. One more. I'm sorry for those of you who won't be with me in person on Rosh Hashanah, but for those of you who will be with me in person, I have a lot of these and I'm going to be sharing a lot of these throughout the Rosh Hashanah prayers. I wrote, uh, I wrote, at this point, I've, wrote, I've written 14. I'm probably going to get to about 30. I'm, I'm hoping at, at, by the time I'm done. So, my goal is to kind of use them as short meditations throughout the prayer. This is one of my favorite ones. This last one I'm going to do for today. Um, I'm calling it Editing the Past. And the, the nature of the meditation is, to transform who you are today, and you can transform the meaning of your past. This Rosh Hashanah is not just the beginning of this year. It's the beginning of all the previous years that you lived. Now you're going to look at me and say, that's beautiful, but how can that be? How did this Rosh Hashanah become the beginning of all the years I lived? Because it's on this day that you are empowered to reach back in time and adjust the meaning of all that has passed. And it's true that God is the author, but God has assigned us as the editors. We adapt the storyline, we transform the plot. We are the editors. We adapt the storyline and we transform the plot. By transforming who we are today, we have the ability to rewrite our own past and to write a whole new future. And one of the great things that we can do as we meditate on Rosh Hashanah and we have an extra power to do this is to be the editors of our lives, to create a new narrative. And that's why I say that it's not just the Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of this year, but it's the beginning of all previous years. Yes. Why would we want to change the past? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But we can be the editors. Who said we're going to change it? We're just going to edit it.
1: The the only value, I mean, the the value I could see in that is to review our emotions about past events, but it's not like we can change what we've said or what we've done.
0: I'll I'll remind you, when I went to panina shram who was the professor of storytelling at nyu that i had met and i asked her what's the secret of storytelling and she smiled and said stories don't exist they're just a series of events that a storyteller puts together that's what i'm talking about i'm talking about the narrative you can edit the narrative the story that you tell yourself about yourself
1: wouldn't that be lying to yourself?
0: Absolutely not. Maybe the narrative you tell yourself is a lie right now.
3: It's a perspective change.
0: Yeah. I had read um, many years ago
5: that everything in life is a happening. And it's only what we, the values we attribute to it that make it bad or wrong or good. And, then, and therefore, when you take any anything that you perceive to have been bad um, as a happening in your life, you can use that to, to decide whether or not you're going to keep the societal value or your personal value on it, or to release it so that you can then be released from it. But more in the tune of Rosh Hashanah, I see more, I see this year that it's more about um, all the years combined also combined to, to make you who you are and what you have become. And so all those things that you lived brought you to where you are. So that that too is reframing it. I
1: agree with you. That's why I wouldn't change my narrative. I I, I, own, I, I own it in a way.
5: that sometimes God gives us lots of different um, trials that they're, they're just there to teach. I think we'll let the, we'll let the spiritual guide or
0: guidance sp- to speak. We're just the listeners. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm, and I see both sides of it. I think that Marie's beautiful, and I think Alexandra, you could also be right. But that's a choice that you're making, and that's fine. You're allowed to. You're allowed to make your choice, whether it's a personal choice or it's a collective choice, where there's a choice to remain the same or be different. That's okay.
1: But even my collective experiences have brought me to be who I am today. It doesn't mean I can't change who I am today and who I will be in the future. I find it troubling to want to change my narrative again i I understand the concept of looking at an episode that happened, I don't know, even just two weeks ago it doesn't have to be twenty years ago and say, mm, I can change my emotions about that action or that word or that uh, or that um, event. Right. I can change my emotions about it, but I can't change that I've said something or that somebody said something to me. If it makes any sense.
3: I like not victimizing ourselves and learning from our experiences and transforming ourselves. I mean that's kind of the goal, right? That's what we're talking
6: about. Sure. Yeah. It's
5: interesting. But there's also another uh like happenings that happen, for instance, in our in our childhood where you know all of us blame our parents for something or other but then as you become an adult you start to get it whenever they whatever it was that they had to do or did do or decisions they made you can get it <clears throat> so you reframe your relationship with your parents at that
0: point oh, which essentially is reframing the relationship with yourself yes Yeah. so um what are you taking out of today what's your what's your meditation what are you what what are you taking into rosh Hashanah with you Kelsey why don't you start
3: well there's a, a lot I feel like um I think one thing is like we're so small on one hand, kind of insignificant, but on the other, we're extremely important to creation and we're the purpose. And so that's kind of a humbling and sobering thought to think about. Um, and just trying to step into this, because this is very new for me, um, and to just Focus on everything, all your little meditations. Those are wonderful. So thank you for all of those. I do want to ask you like what the Torah verse is for hearing the shofar.
0: Um uh it's in uh told you it is. You should know this offhand. It's in Leviticus twenty three twenty seven.
3: Okay, thank you. And then I really like that God is our author and we are the editors. That's a nice concept to be able to verbalize. Should I pass it
0: on? Yeah, you can pass it on. Absolutely.
3: Um, how about Jill, you have been kind
7: of quiet today? Yes, I'm in the center of my house. That's why. <laughs> um, but this has been really a fascinating class today. Um, earlier, someone, a rabbi, or somebody else mentioned that often on Fridays, just before the Shabbat, there's more tension. And I'm wondering if that's the same as at the end of the year that we feel more angst, more animal soul coming in more like, "Ah, I can't do it. I can't, you know, I'm not good enough. And kind of, I I mean, is that accurate as to how that happens? Because that's how I've been feeling. And this, you know, reframe the past has been, which I've been doing a lot, but I think just being aware of, yeah, this is angst that's coming up that's not necessarily of me. It's outside of me. And it's kind of, you know, you said in, in a class and at at a time where when we start to learn more and grow, there's going to be that opposing force of like, no, 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 don't go there.
0: That's where the real tension is, right? That's what it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. There has to be tension. Otherwise the growth won't happen. Yeah.
7: So this has just today and some of these tools and meditations I think will help me uh, deal with some of that tension. So I appreciate that. Um, How about we go to Jen?
4: So I love the idea of the past is defined by the arrow of its future. And Celeste, I happen to the message on your sweatshirt which I think is really cool um I think it says strength has a greater purpose I love that I absolutely love that and that totally ties in with what we're talking about today so um I'll pass to Celeste since I just put her on the
2: spot yes Jen I this I wear this shirt to remind me every time I catch myself in the mirror or something that Strength is is uh, something I aspire to, um, but not like this kind of strength anymore. Very different, very different. Thank you. My, uh, I love that all. This is the time where all time is renewed. I love that. I I remember having a conversation with my best friend who passed away a couple years ago. We were talking about it was something really just mundane. I, I think I was I was coming off of sugar, something like that, and he was like, Oh, you know, just just start tomorrow. And and I was and I remember looking at him and saying, There is no tomorrow. Because tomorrow is is right now. I mean, every second that I'm here is a tomorrow. So it just that put kind of a, a much more elegant way to explain what I was trying to impart to my friend. And then this idea of the past is defined by arrow of the future, by its arrow of the future. I loved hearing everybody discuss that. And I think it's 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 such a great. Thing to contemplate because even these big tragedies that happen to us, like the one I just brought up, losing my best friend, suddenly it's, it's reframing the way we include it into our destiny. I don't think disrespects it or takes away that it happened, but it does allow a spark A moment where we can just adjust the arrow to that to how we handle that story or that grief and and I don't I think that just um is a beautiful thing to consider that we can do that in every every second so I'm going to keep practicing that uh MJ
6: thank you um, again, uh, so deep, so deep, a lot of things to, to think about. Another um, thing is when you said, uh, you explained that Adam woke up and he was about his 20s or whatnot, and then you were saying that, that he was saying, <laughs> sorry, um, this is not the mountain, this is not the sky, this is the majestic, and so on and so forth. Just like a song, really. Um, I don't know if you're able to hear me uh, properly. And I love that. I love that. That when, when he sees the mountains or whatever, actually he sees God, and, or he, he describes God, and anyway, with whatever if that makes any sense. I just love that. It's so beautiful, and that, therefore for the notion of a King's Garden or God's Garden. I love this. I love this. It's very. It's. it's I don't know. Where you just you see things differently. Um, and then of course when you talk about that time is renewed and that um, there is time and that Rosh Hashanah is the how did you say it? I'm sorry, but <laughs> is the time in the time or. And, um, and it's renewed the opportunity uh, to be able to, to see things differently, to approach differently, to look at things differently. And it's just a great renewal, I think, to a certain degree. Um, and I and I really like that. I have perhaps a question, if it's okay, um, so far and apart, because I think I want to listen to this part. <laughs> Where is it? How do we do? Or is there a link or
0: website? Maybe. Um, I don't have any specific space for that, but I can I can I can look at maybe see find something for you.
6: Okay.
0: Yeah.
6: So, yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. That was so. Um, um I'm gonna pass it on to. I want to say, Marie, Marie.
5: Yeah, I'm here. Well, I find it really interesting. So Rosh Hashanah is when God created Adam, <clears throat> but the pre but the days that we're in right now are the days of creation. So, on the first day, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, the second day, God did I don't remember. On the third day, God did I don't remember. But anyways, so, we're actually, this week is a whole week until Rosh Hashanah. It's a, it's a, we're, we're in that creation. So, I find, you know, how you ended off where we um, have, where we can re um we can sort of reposition, we can reposition uh, our lives. <laughs> can someone turn off the music? Yeah. Um, we can reposition our lives. Um, I, I find it's, it, it's, it's all in keeping with the whole Rosh Hashanah feel and, and theme of this whole creation thing. So that's what I take away.
0: And I think it's Alexandra is the last, but she's gone. Okay. Okay. So thank you, everyone. And next Thursday, God be willing, we'll do a pre-Yom Kippur. Uh, we'll do something similar before Yom Kippur. So that'll be our goal next Thursday morning, God be willing. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, I wish you all a Shana Tova, a healthy and sweet new year.
7: To, uh, thank, you. Uh, thank
0: you. I hope that uh, just uh, acknowledging it a little this year will uh, create a lot more meaning in your life in the coming year.
2: Thank you for sharing all of these resources with us, and thank you for sharing your meditations. Uh, it, it, it's, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes
0: very welcome. Very, very welcome. Bye. Bye. me. Hi, Rabbi Bernath here. I have some great news for you. My popular four-week course, Kabbalah for Everyone, is available right now for free for the next 50 people who download it. All you have to do is